Proverbs. Look at verse number one tonight of Proverbs chapter number nine. It says, Wisdom hath built her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. Now jump down to verse number 13. It says, A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. For she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither, and as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that our guests are in the depths of hell. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight we come before you, Lord, asking you for help one more time from the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the time of prayer we had tonight, Lord, where we can just empty our hearts before you. God, thank you for, Lord, letting us give in the offering tonight, Lord, giving us the means and the, the, the money to do so, Lord, and the, the ability to work, Lord, and to give back to you. What a blessing it is, God, to be a cheerful giver. We thank you tonight for the, the specials that we're saying, Lord. Heaven is a place that we look forward to. We rejoice and we dream about it, Lord. And, and Lord, we do know whatever we can dream, Lord, that's not even half of it, Lord. We're thankful, uh, Lord, this world is not our home. God, I thankful, Lord, that, that when I die, Lord, when I leave this earthen vessel behind, Lord, I know exactly where I'm headed to. We thank you tonight, Lord, we have much to be thankful, Lord. The simple things in life, uh, Lord, you've blessed us with, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to take, grant, for, take them for granted. Lord, help us not to develop an entitled attitude, Lord, that you owe us anything. Lord, we ought to be in hell tonight, Lord, but you died for us on the cross of Calvary. Lord, you paid our sin debt, and Lord, we can go free tonight. We're thankful for that. I ask you tonight, Lord, you help me, Lord, to preach, to teach the word of God tonight effectively, God, personally, Lord, in a, an appropriate way, Lord, in an appliable way tonight, Lord, uh, God, that we can take it home with us, we can live it, and Lord, be cautious with it, Lord, and help it to govern and guide our lives. So we love you, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, tonight, I want to introduce us by reminding of a TV show that came out way before I was born. Matter of fact, it came out the year that my father was born. It was 1965, and that show was called The Dating Game. Now, some of you may remember that. Some of you might have watched it live. I caught it on rerun, amen? Uh, by the time I, I, it was around, it was back in, when TV was black and white and all those kind of things. But it was normally there was one person there with the host, and it was normally either a man or a female. And uh, they were sitting there, and they were looking for a perspective date and on the other side of the stage there was three prospective dates right there was uh, one two and three and they'd ask a series of questions and at the end of the show whoever was sitting with the host would pick one of those three according to the answers that they had given they could not see them uh, they, they couldn't base it off anything else besides the answer that they were given now I was looking this up and I thought man it was rather interesting tonight how many celebrities actually were on that show before they were big and I got begin to think about it. They were, they were all actors. I said, was that show even real? Right, but we're going to see tonight the same concept tonight. The Bible gives 
It's two women in Proverbs chapter 9. We have a wise woman or miswisdom, and we have a foolish woman or misfoolishness tonight. And as we go through this tonight, as we break each one down, we look at each one of these, the choice is going to be yours. Which one are you going to pick? Which one are you going to pick in your life tonight? The Word of God gives them both the same amount of verses right, to describe themselves and what they're about. The only difference is we can see the results for, the, or for our choice, right? We can see what it leads to. Now, on that TV show, we don't know if they ever ended up happily ever after. Uh, I do remember I was reading as I was studying for this and reading about the dating game. There was one man on there that was actually a serial killer. Uh, and so uh, that, that's crazy to think about tonight. But as we get Miss Foolishness and Miss Wisdom tonight, we're going to see them and let them describe themselves. And at the end of tonight, we're going to make the choice. Right? Am I going to pick Miss Wisdom or am I going to pick Miss Foolishness? And here's the thing, you'll make the choice tonight, and guess what? you have to choose again tomorrow and choose the next day and choose the next day. Am I going to choose God's wisdom or man's foolishness tonight? So tonight we're going to, as we listen to their answers, pay close attention so that you don't pick the wrong woman this evening. Notice number one, we have Miss Wisdom, verses one through six. We have Miss Wisdom, and, and I'm a quiet person by nature. When you're quiet like me, you do a lot of listening. Right? You do a lot of listening as, as people talk and tell you things. And there's sometimes in my life people tell me things, I'm thinking to myself, that sounds way too good to be true. Right? There's no way it's that good, it's that wonderful. You're, you're embellishing it, you're adding to it, you're speaking evangelistically, uh, all those kind of things, and, and you're making it sound better than what it is. Now, sometimes I'll tell a story up here, and I'll, I'll add some, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, some adjectives to help it seem funny and all those different kind of things. But as we begin to listen to Miss Wisdom talk, we stand back and we thought, man, all of that sounds good. It has to be too good to be true. But here's the thing. Not only is wisdom good, but wisdom is also true. Right? God's wisdom is never wrong. It's never false. It's, 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 not, it's not changing. It's consistent tonight. And everything God has ever said is good in that sense. Right? It, is, it is true to us. Not only does it help us, but it's, it's true tonight. Like, thankfully, we, everything we hear about Miss Wisdom isn't just good, but it's true as well. So let me give you some things about Miss Wisdom. Now, notice the encouraging observations. The encouraging observations, notice verse number one, wisdom hath built in her house, she hath hewn out seven pillars. Now, the hewn out means that either they're made out of wood and they've been carved out, or more than likely in biblical times they were taken out of stone and they've carved out of stone. Either way, that's hard work. That is not easy work. That is not easy labor. It's not an easy job tonight. But we see, we can look at Miss Wisdom and we find out she's already got a house, right? The Bible says in verse number one, wisdom hath built her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Now, so God's wisdom, what do you mean by that, preacher? And what I'm trying to say tonight, that word, that number in your Bible is seven is normally the number of perfection. It's the number of completion, a, a, a perfect work or something that is completely and totally done tonight. And here's the thing about God's wisdom. It is not changing, right? It doesn't change with the times. It doesn't change with society. It doesn't change with who's preaching it. God's wisdom has always been and will always be God's wisdom. It is complete. It is perfect. You can't add to it. You can't make it any better. God's wisdom is already the best thing that you and I have tonight. We can step back and we, if we're honest tonight, we can say any time that we followed God's advice, 
Excuse me, any time that we followed God's word and we were obedient and we were faithful to it, we'd all have to agree tonight he kept his word. It did what he said it was going to do. His, his word does not turn void. Why? It is perfect. And so we see tonight, we talk about Miss Wisdom, we're talking about God's wisdom. It is complete. It is, it is perfect tonight. It, it isn't growing. It isn't changing. God isn't trying to figure out what to do in 2023 with the crazy. It's going all around us. He said, just be, follow my wisdom, follow my guidance this evening. And so we see that tonight, that we see the encouraging observation, verse number one, that wisdom has a sure foundation, right? It's all, she's already built her house. And it's not, it's not something that is barely, barely holding on, right? It has a solid foundation. It's not halfway done project on some temporary supports. We moved into our, our little trailer that we fixed up. For the longest, it was a three-bedroom, one-bathroom. It was supposed to be a three-bedroom, two-bathroom. And for the longest, we lived in our house, and we had our, 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 our bathroom down by the kids' room, was completed, ready to go. And about a year or so after living in our house, might have been even longer than that, I'm terrible with the, the dates and all that kind of stuff, we finally got our master bathroom finished. Right, how many know what it's like to live around and to live in a house where it's, it's a work in progress? Right, you, you, you started a project, it took longer than you anticipated, life brings on. Thankfully, God's wisdom is not that way. God's never going to step back and say, hold on a second, I'm still trying to figure this out. Right, his wisdom is true, it's perfect, it's complete. So wisdom has a sure foundation. But notice this, verse number two, wisdom has secured provisions. It has secured provisions. Look at verse number two. She hath killed her beast. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. In essence, she's already got the job done, right? Already done the work. So, so you can think about it this way. When it says she killed her beast, she's already defeated enemies. There's already a, a defeated foe. You can only defeat your enemies with godly wisdom, right? You can't fight Satan in your own education. You can't fight your flesh in your own ability. You can't fight this world in your own strength. You need somebody who's already defeated those. And thankfully, at the cross of Calvary, Jesus already did that. He's already defeated the foe tonight. That's why we stand up and we say, I'm on the winning side. It's not something that we're hoping to be someday. It's what we already are. Right, the Bible says she has killed her beast. She has mingled her wine. Now, I didn't know exactly what that meant. I began to look it up and study, but it said in Bible days, they would take that, 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 that juice and it would be so strong. It'd be so, uh, like, I don't want to say pungent in that sense, but it was so strong that it, it, it was not good to taste. It was, it was not a, a wonderful thing to drink. It wasn't ocean spray cranberry juice, Right? It was, it was strong in, in a sense. It would take water and they'd mix it. And a lot of times there was more water than there was juice in it to make it palatable, to make it uh, uh, beneficial to you, to make it easier for you to drink, so to speak, uh, where you could take it in, in that sense. And here's the thing tonight. God's already made his wisdom available to us. Right, he's already done that. Could you imagine if you and I had to live life or live the Christian life and have to make decisions and have to make choices, have to raise children, have to pastor a church, have to do all of these kind of things and we didn't have this. It's crazy to think about and it's one of those things but yet so many times we've become so good at being shallow Christians Right, that we are, we can, we can somehow live the Christian life without any kind of relationship with this. Right, God's already prepared it for us. He's already preserved it for us. Aren't you glad that God preserved the Word of God in your language? 
So you can read it and you can study it. He's made it understandable, right? God could have passed it down to us in Hebrew. He could have passed it down to us in Greek. And here's the thing, we'd all be staring at each other tonight. Growing up Roman Catholic, they, they used to have their services in Latin. And they would all speak Latin. Latin is a dead language. But they brought it into English so more people could understand. And now, the last I heard, they're, they're taking it back to Latin. Thinking, ain't nobody's going to know what's going on in there. <laughs> Just like it was, if you've ever been overseas and been to Albania, I didn't know what anybody else was saying about me. And I, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> that big-headed American over there. Right, but it, God's already, he has secured provision. He's already killed, the wisdom's already killed her beast. It's already mingled her wine. It's already been made available to us tonight. The Bible said she's also furnished her table. Everything is prepared for you. You just have to show up. The preacher, is God really prepared everything for me? Does he know what I need more than I need? No, I need it myself. And the answer to that is yes. David was able to say he has prepared a table me in the presence of mine enemies. Listen, if you, can, if you can prepare a table for somebody with a battle going on around you, listen, you are good at what you do. Right? Tonight, if war broke out in our country, the last thing on my mind was be trying to figure out where does a salad fork and where does the soup spoon go? But God in his foreknowledge and God in his great wisdom, right? He's already furnished a table for you, right? All you have to do is show up, right? That's why when we're tired from work and we're wore out and, and we're, 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 we're hungry and we think about this, well, I've got food in the refrigerator, I've got food in the pantry, but all of that takes effort to eat. Right, so what do we do? Either we stop through a drive-through somewhere or we sit down somewhere and we have somebody else prepare it for us. Right, and the same thing is true with, with the word of God. God isn't saying, hey, go do all this stuff by yourself and if you do good enough at it, then I'll bless it. No, God's saying, I've already prepared what you need. You just need to come sit down at the table. Right, I've already got what you need tonight. So we see this, some encouraging observations about God's wisdom is that one, it's God's wisdom and it's not my ability because if it was merely my ability, there's no way I could do it. There's no way I'd be able to uh, work in that sense and make it work. But there's an encouraging observation. Wisdom has a sure foundation. God's wisdom's not going to change. He said, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so is his wisdom. Secured provisions. He's already defeated. He's already in the battle. Right, he's already prepared the word of God for us. He's furnished a table for us. And we've got to ask ourselves, but are we showing up to it? Are we showing up to it? I, I love, I love when the Lord shows up in our church services. I understand he's omnipresent, he's everywhere at all times, but I'm thankful for the times, and it seems like it's been going on a lot here lately, where he just visits with us, right? He just plops down with us and he goes to church with us in that sense and we're grateful for that but can I say tonight I'm just as thankful for the times when I'm sitting on my couch when I'm driving down the road and, and I'm going through life and, and I didn't realize it but just because I was pursuing him and I was seeking him I found myself sitting at his table and him giving what he's already prepared for me so we see Miss Wisdom she has some encouraging observations now notice verse three through six, there's an extended invitation. 
There's an extended invitation, verse number three. She has sent forth her maiden. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, and she's some more observations there. Come and eat of my bread. Drink of the wine which I've mingled. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. We see, first of all, there's some significant messengers in verse number three. These are her maidens, the maidens or the servants of wisdom. Let me ask you, has God placed a wise servant in your life and will you be a wise servant in somebody else's life? Listen, I'm not just thankful for a preacher tonight because I'm the one doing the preaching. I'm thankful for the times that God has put a wise servant into my life at at the service, at the revival, and he took God's word and he broke down God's wisdom And God just began to feed me and help me. I thank God for wise servants. And as much as I'm grateful for the wise servants of my life, Lord, help me to be one in somebody else's life. Help me to be that, that sounds weird. Lord, help me to be a maiden. But Lord, help me to be a servant in that sense. Notice there, there's significant messengers tonight. We're going to see a difference between the foolish person and the wise person. The wise person approaches the high city under the authority of the wise person, right? Because we know a maiden is a servant here. And so we see wisdom has her house, but then she has some servants. God ascends us to the high places right of the city to show us something that what he's trying, what he wants us to tell to those out there is that it applies to everybody. So we see a significant spot. It's the highest places of the city. What it says right there in verse number three, and she crieth upon the highest places of the city. That's, it's for all, right? Because if it's coming from the highest place, right, then it's going down to everybody else. Right, just like it is tonight, right, preacher, do you think this sermon is for me? Yes. How do you know, preacher? Because you're here. Right, because you're here. And preacher, is this sermon for you? Yes, it's for me. How do you know, preacher? Because I'm here. Right, and in essence, it starts with, with me and it flows down in that sense tonight. And it's for everybody. And it's just like the gospel. The gospel isn't exclusive, right? The gospel isn't for a certain group of people, a certain denomination, a certain color, or a certain race. It is for every man, for every boy, every girl, every woman tonight. It is for whosoever will. And wisdom tells us that. Right, if somebody says the gospel isn't for a certain group of people, they're unwise in their statement. Their statement is extracurricular outside of the word, word of God tonight. It's for all, for everybody who uh, should be underneath the high places. So there's a significant messenger. There's a significant place. Notice this, there's a significant response. A significant response. Look at verse number four. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she hath uh, she saith unto him, come and do all these things. But notice there's a significant response. There has to be an honest assessment. Right? In order for you to get what Miss Wisdom has, in order for you to, 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 to go with Miss Wisdom in that sense, right, to give or to get godly wisdom, there has to be an honest acknowledgement or an honest assessment on my point that I need it. Right? That I need God's wisdom. I am a simple person. That means I am without knowledge. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. I need wisdom. There has to be an honest assessment. Then a humbled repentance. Right, look what it says right there. Let him turn in hither. In essence, the, the simple man is, 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 is going down their life. Right, They're they are, they are headed in the direction that is not good. Simple, uh, simple. In, we talk about living the simple life. 
nowadays, right? We're talking about a life without distractions, a life, uh, you know, uh, without electronics, a life without social media. We call that the simple life. In your Bible, someone who is simple is out knowledge. And so there's a lot of people who are headed to a place called hell without knowledge of that's where they're heading. Because somebody hasn't shared the gospel with them or they have not heard the cry coming from the high place. They have not heard the cry of God's wisdom saying, hey, you don't have to go there. But there is going to come a time where that cry is going to be heard. And there's got to be an honest assessment. I'm without knowledge. I don't know Christ. And then there has to be a humble repentance. I'm going to turn around or I'm going to go towards that which is that, that cry is coming from. We see in uh, verse number five tonight. So there has to be an honest assessment. I don't have the knowledge that I need. And not just in our nation, but in our everyday Christian life. Right? There's got to be, Lord, I don't know what to do today. Lord, I don't know how to do it. I don't know where to go. Right? I remember being in Bible college and Brother Robbie telling us a story. Um, they were about just, just being spirit-led and allowing the, the spirit of God to guide you and direct you. And he said, now listen, men, I'm not always this spiritual. He said, but me and Miss Christie were on our honeymoon there in Hawaii. He said, I, I really haven't done it since, really. But we, we bowed together and we said, Lord, where would you want us to go to dinner tonight? Lord, put a restaurant on our hearts. We read through uh, the, the directory and he, they came to decision. This is where the Lord wants us to go. Right, he said, we, so we walked to that restaurant. We walked out. He said, on the way there, we, we came by some young men. He said, I could tell by what they were saying and what they were preaching, what they were proclaiming. They were Jehovah Witnesses. He said, so I walked over to them and, I, and he said, listen, y'all don't know me and I don't know you. But the very God of heaven brought me all the way from Abbeville, South Carolina to tell you what you're saying is not true. It's not the real gospel. He said, so I shared the gospel with him. He said, no, he get saved that night. But he, I was, uh, he said, if I would have done what I wanted to do, I would have missed on that opportunity. And sometimes in our Christian life, right, we got to acknowledge the fact we don't always know what to do. Right? We, don't always know, we don't always know where to go and, and how to do it. But if we stop, we say, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm honest. I'm a simple man. I don't have all the understanding. But Lord, I'm willing to turn and go in or go wherever you tell me to do. He said, let him turn in hither. You'll have to turn away from the worldly wisdom to get godly wisdom. In essence, you can't pursue worldliness and expect to discover wisdom over there. You gotta turn from it and head towards that cry or that, that, the, the wisdom of God's word tonight. Then there's a heavenly realization. Look at verse number, uh, verse number, let's see here, verse number four. As for him that wanteth understanding, Right, there's a heavenly realization when God takes his word, he takes his wisdom and it somehow gets into your thick skull and gets settled deep down into your heart and you begin to understand why God is doing things and why God is allowing things and why God has placed you here and why God has put you there and why God has allowed this and why God is using you in that way and all that begins to make sense and you'll have all of a sudden he who was simple, who had no knowledge, no understanding, now has understanding. Aren't you glad when God makes sense of things? You say it takes a while sometimes. He doesn't always do it on our time scale. There's some things in my life I'm still, Lord, why? Lord, why? Well, preacher, aren't you mad that he didn't answer your question? Can I say tonight, it's in his timing. It's not mine tonight. But I am thankful for the times where he has showed some things out. He has allowed some things to take place and he's given me through his word, give me observation, give me wisdom that helps make, make sense to me. So there's a heavenly realization. Then notice Miss Wisdom, she has some executable actions. Verse number five and six, come eat of my bread, drink of the wine which I have mingled, forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. God's wisdom not only enables you but it helps you to understand the truth about some actions. 
Right, it doesn't just tell you what to do, it tells you why and, and, and the reason why or the importance behind it. That first one is come. Right, verse number five, come. That's the first ac executable action of wisdom. When God's wisdom gets inside of you, right, there's this come. There's an invitation to closeness. The God of heaven wants a close relationship with you. Can I say it'll be a glad day in your Christian life when you realize that God wants a relationship with you more than you want one with him? Right, he is willing to go as far as someone could go to make it possible for you and I to have a relationship with him. He wants to have a close relationship with you. Not a weekend visitation, not every now and again, but a daily, intimate, real, personal relationship with them. He said, come. Then he, notice it says, eat and drink, a desire of fellowship. We've done that all summer long, haven't we? 6.30 on Wednesday night, we, have, we were at a loss tonight. What do we do? We have to eat dinner before we go to church tonight? It's not prepared for us? I was looking around the house for Miss Hilda, Miss, Miss, Miss Norma, and Miss Beebe. Why aren't they cooking stuff in my house tonight? Because that would be weird. <laughs> right, but we, 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 we get to eat and drink, and there's that picture of fellowship there. We did it Sunday uh, for fifth Sunday. But notice this, the desire of fellowship. In essence, he wants to feed you, and we've already learned he's prepared the table. He's prepared the table. Right, there's some people, if I showed up at your house tonight, you would be kind and you'd be nice, but you would not be prepared. Preacher, can I get you something to eat? I, I, we didn't know he was coming over, preacher. I mean, we've got cereal. <laughs> we got some bread. <laughs> We're not, we weren't prepared for you, but we'll try to be a blessing to you. But every time God invites you and I to eat, to fellowship, he already has it prepared for us. He already knows what we need. He said, eat and drink. Uh, he wants to feed you. He's already got it prepared for you. Notice this, and not only does he say eat and drink, but he also says forsake the foolish. Forsake the foolish in verse number uh, six. Forsake the foolish. In essence, he said there's this ability in this understanding of why separation is needed in the Christian life. Forsake, stay far away from it. Leave it behind. Don't go anywhere near it. But as you begin to study God's word, you realize that my desire for separation ought not to produce self-righteousness. Or I'm better than you because I don't do what you do. Or I don't talk like you talk and I don't dress like you dress and, and I have the right kind of haircut and I wear the right kind of shoes and I, wear the, I don't even have the right color tie on tonight. Right, it's gotta be yellow tie, right, Brother Jordan? Gotta be a yellow tie. Preacher, what are you talking about? It had to be at camp. It made sense. Right, but it's, it's my, my separation from the world is not an elevation of my self-righteousness, but really I, I desire to be separated from the world for my safety. For my safety. Right, because I know that in the world is nothing good. Right, nothing the world has to offer you is anything good. It doesn't make me better than you, but it does make me it better for me. Right, to be forsaken and to be separated from the world. And then finally, verse number seven, or verse number six, go in the way of understanding, a desire to continue. Desire to continue. You find out the good way there. It means to persevere. It means to stay the course. One of the wisest things you can ever do in the Christian life. Y'all ready for it? Don't quit. Don't quit. Continue. Stay the course. Let me ask you, what else does Miss Wisdom have to say to you tonight for her to pick you? for you to pick her. What else does she have to show you tonight? So we see Miss Wisdom number two tonight, we see Miss Foolishness. 
We see him as foolishness or a foolish person. Verses 13 through 16 tonight. Excuse me, verses 13 through 18. Uh, y'all ever watch that show, Let's Make a Deal? Or Price is Right? I love it on the Price is Right, Let's Make a Deal when they, they offer those, those deals or they offer the prizes and everybody in the crowd is in agreement. Pick number one, pick number one, pick number one. And that person says, number two. And they unveil number one, and it's a, you know, a, a seven-day trip to Hawaii, a brand-new car, and all that kind of stuff. And they reveal number two, and it's a box of paper. You're thinking, why didn't you listen to everybody else? Here's the thing tonight. I'm going to do my dead level best to talk you out of pursuing this foolishness or living a foolish life, but the choice is going to be yours. And if you use this foolishness, you'll do what the whole crowd of people are telling you not to. It'll, you'll make your own choice tonight. God literally points out this foolishness, and unfortunately, some people are still going to choose her. Notice verse number 13. We see her character. It says, A foolish woman. It's clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. Oh, man, that's going to get the feminist mad right there. The Bible says that women don't know anything. Can I say tonight, women know a whole lot of things. Matter of fact, when my wife, te- I've learned to listen. When my wife begins to speak, she's saying things because she cares. Right, we see her, but we see her character one, she's clamorous. Right, that's not when you get nervous and your palms get sweaty, that's clammy. But she's clamorous. Right, what does that mean, preacher? It means to be agitatingly loud, boisterous, right? And that's hey, Miss Wisdom invites, hey, I have something better for you. Uh, to, uh, it, it's really what you need. If you, I, I'm not going to force you, but if you'll come, I've prepared something for you. That's not Miss Foolishness. She's shocking all, right? Hey, get in here right now. What's wrong with you? Now, move, come on, I'm right here. If you don't hurry up, I'm going to leave. Right, foolish people, Miss Foolishness, Miss Wisdom invites, Miss foolish, Foolishness demands. Or foolish people, right, they don't argue with facts, they argue with volume. They don't argue with facts. It's a foolish thing to be, uh, but she's clamorous to the point where she's agitatingly loud. I don't know how my son can do it, but he can hit an octave when he's playing and it being silly, that it hits something in my eardrum, and it feels like my ears are about to bleed. Right? She's clamorous. Right? And you got to realize that's what the world is trying to do. It's trying to get you to a place where you feel like, oh, whatever I got to do to make this quit stop. Right? That's what I'm willing to do. She's clamorous. She's simple. Look at verse number 13. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple. She lacks conviction. Right, that word simple means she's constantly changing her mind. She, she doesn't know what she believes. She doesn't understand. In essence, here, the thing tonight, Miss, Miss Foolishness is in the same boat as you and I. Right, we're all simple. We all lack knowledge. We all lack understanding. But here's the thing tonight. Uh, in essence, tonight, if you choose to live a foolish life, you're choosing allowed, uh, to allow the blind to lead the blind in that sense. They're in the same boat as you. Listen tonight, if we're both in a sinking boat, we really can't help each other until we get out of the boat. Right? We see that tonight, that she, is a, she lacks convictions, constantly changing what they believe. Look at verse number 13. She knows nothing. She knows nothing. 
It's not that she's, it's, it's, it, that she's just dumb in that sense, but it means in the sense that she knows nothing, but she doesn't want to learn anything either. She's willfully ignorant. And can I say tonight, if your Christian stance or your stance as a Christian preacher, I'm going to go through life willingly ignorant. You are foolish. You are foolish. God did not give you 66 books of a perfect word so you could be ignorant. That's why he said, study, read, show thyself approved. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God tonight, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works, so you can know how to live the Christian life. Right there, there's no such thing as being a willfully ignorant Christian that is spiritual. A foolish woman says, I, I, know, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know anything, and I don't want to learn anything tonight. I'm thankful tonight that I, I do believe here at South Haven Baptist Church, God has given us some people, right, that we just, Lord, teach me. Lord, teach me. And I hope we don't ever lose that tonight. Notice her character. Notice her call, verse number 14. She has a false appearance. It says that, for she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city. You say, well, look, preacher, she's successful. She's, she's in the same place that Miss Wisdom is crying from. But can I say tonight that Miss Wisdom's house is somewhere else? She's got a house in the high places of the city, Miss Foolishness does. If you read your Bible, you'll find out a lot of times those high places were tied to idolatry worship, pagan worship, false god worship. Preacher, how does Miss Foolishness get a house in the high places? Through compromise. Through compromise. She compromises the truth for popularity. Right? It's a foolish thing to take. Uh, the, the very truth of God's word compromise it so we can be successful in that sense. The high places are tied to idolatry. She got there by compromise. Think about this. <laughs> when I was growing up, there was no LGBTQ movement. Right? But here's what I found out. They're adding letters and symbols to that daily. It seems like. It's LGBTQ plus minus negative three but here's the thing, every time they add a letter, you say, preacher, I'm for that. Every time they add a letter, you have to compromise more. You have to say, oh, I'm for that too, and I'm for that too, and I'm for that too. In order to be successful in this world, in our society, uh, and, and to be liked by the public, you have to compromise. You have to compromise. The LGBTQ movement, every time they add a letter, you have to compromise or else. The wise woman's house was somewhere else, but the maidens were sent out to the high places. And that's a picture of wisdom. I get my wisdom from the word of God, but then I take the wisdom that God has given me, and I go to the high places, and I take the wisdom of God with me to the high places to try to defeat the high places. Right, to say, hey, don't come here no more. There's, there's a better house to go to. It's a house of wisdom. She has something prepared for you. Notice her call. Then notice it's a false appearance. It's a redirecting. Yeah, look at verse number 15 to call passengers who go right on their ways. Can I say, I, I've read through the book of Proverbs, I don't know how many times I've read over that, and I never once thought to stop. Well, what does the word passenger mean? I live in 2023. A passenger is somebody who rides a car, a plane, a train, a boat, somewhere. They're a passenger. But I looked it up, and that word passenger means a passerby. One who is, notice what it says right there, to call passengers who go right on their ways. They were already headed in the right direction or they're headed in the right place. And here's Miss Foolishness with her clamorous voice calling out to them, hey, don't go that way. 
That's too old-fashioned. That's just backwards. That's old-timey. Now, nobody does that anymore. What is Miss Foolish trying to do? She's trying to get those who are pursuing wisdom to stop pursuing wisdom and turn into her house. To come to where she is. She's yelling at those who are passing by. A foolish person is one who allows, them, allows himself to be misguided or misdirected by ungodly influence. They're trying their best to pull you out. Her redirecting yell, her uh, false appearance. And notice lastly, verses 16 through 18, her counsel. What does Miss Wisdom have to tell me? Well, she clearly can't tell you nothing because she's in the same boat as you. Look at verse number 16. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither, and as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, stolen waters are sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. It's a similar, it sounds just like Miss Wisdom, doesn't it? Miss Wisdom says the same, same thing in verse number four. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither, as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him. And in verse number five, she gives some real good advice. Same thing in verse number, uh, what is it, verse number uh, 16. Miss Foolishness says the same thing, but then she gives advice and it's not good. Here's the thing. Foolish people can't give you good advice. Let me rephrase that. Foolish people can't give you godly wisdom. It only comes from God tonight. A similar sound. However, she lacks the preparation, the foundation. A simple person can make, uh, can't make another per simple person wise. Wisdom isn't manufactured. Wisdom is given by God. It's taught. It's, it's bestowed by God. Verse number 17, we see her sinful act. Just steal it. What difference does it make how you get it as long as you get it? Right? That's the world's mantra, right? As long as if, whatever makes you feel good, do it. Doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Working hard and being honest is boring. It's lame. That's what the Bible teaches be like the ant. Be honest before all men. Working hard and being honest is boring, but it is biblical. <laughs> See, the foolish people, they thrill or they bank on the thrill of doing wrong. Not too long ago, I was watching a series about some of the greatest bank heists or the biggest bank heists around the world. And the things these men came up with, ideas and contraptions that they devised and developed to go into the vaults and to break into them was amazing. Right? These were men who had great educations, men, men who had great ability, men who could be successful working a regular job in that sense. Preacher, why did they all, the majority of them, if not all of them, got into it because it was thrilling to them to see if they could get away with it. Right? The suspense, the adrenaline behind it. And that's what Miss Foolishness is banking on. Oh, he or she is going to pick me because I sound fun, I sound exciting. We see a sad reality, verse number eight. But he knoweth not that the dead are there that our guests are in the depths of hell. Miss Foolishness doesn't have a happy ending. <laughs> you may not think that, but she knows that. She knows who's in her house, and she's trying to get as many as she can come in there to wreck and ruin their life. Let me ask you now, are you going to be the foolish one who still chooses to pursue Miss Foolishness tonight? You've got two women. You've got Miss Wisdom and Miss Foolishness. Which one are you going to pick tonight? Which one are you going to pick this evening? Let's pray.